Good morning, good morning, good morning once again. I am coming to you with another short message. And we're just going to start off with a word of prayer. Father God, I give you praise, thanks, honor, and glory. And I thank you for allowing us to see another day. I thank you for this opportunity, Lord God, to, you know, share your word and, 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 and the opportunity to positively impact um, the lives of the listeners. Your word declares that your word does, cannot return unto you void, but it must accomplish that which you have set out for it to accomplish. And so I pray that your will be done as this word goes forth, as the listener hears it. Your will be done in Jesus' name. Amen. The title of this short message is Persevering in the Midst of Persecution. I'll say the title again, Persevering in the Midst of Persecution. I saw a video last night of a church in Canada that was shut down for having service. And everything took place in the middle of the service. There was a court order and the police came in to do their thing. They changed it. They, they, they firstly, they, they asked the members to leave. They gave the pastor time to close off the service, read his final scripture and, you know, that kind of thing. And they were asked to leave, you know, and leave in a, in a you know, in an orderly fashion and in a, in a peaceful manner, which they did. And the, 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 the locks on the church were changed. The police came with their own locksmith and everything, and after they removed the people from the church, they asked them to leave, and they left, and they were standing outside. They proceeded to change the locks on the church, on the building. And it was really, really sad. Really, really, really sad. Right? But the way that the pastor handled the situation was exemplary. To the point that it brought me to tears for two reasons. One, to see. You know, even as the pastor mentioned it to his congregation, you know, um, on the outside, right? And he said, you know, it, it was sad to see where the country had come. And by the way, the country, it was Ontario, Canada, right? Ontario, Canada, this took place. And he said it was sad to see how far the country had fallen. And he said, this is what happens when we, the church, the people of God, are not vigilant, and, you know, and so it brought me to tears to see how they were treated. And secondly, the second thing that brought me to tears was to see the love of God emanating from this pastor. Even before they left, as he was doing his closing prayer in the, in the service, he prayed for the very officers that were sent 
to put them out. He prayed for them. And the officers were standing in the church, right, waiting for him to finish. And he prayed for them. And even when they were on the outside, right, he, he, he preached to them. And he told them, the officers, because they, the, beside the officers that came in the church to remove them, there were officers on the outside, quite out by the main road. And of course, they, you know, they were, there were um, reporters there as well. And he, and he prayed for them. And he had to shout because they were a little distance. And he said, stand up for right. He told them to stand up for right, even if you have to leave, even if you have to leave your job, quit your job, stand up for right. He told the reporters, report the right thing. Do the right thing. Right? And he prayed for them on the outside as well. And he spoke to his members and he encouraged them. And it was really, really touching to see the love of God. And he said, he said, we, 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 we don't respond with hate. And even the person that was videotaping um, before they came out and after they came out, you know, he said on two occasions, he said they had actually, the police on the outside had actually blocked the roads. He said because like, like it, seemed, it seemed to him like they were expecting, like the police was expecting violence. And the narrator, the, the person that was videotaping everything said, we are not a violent people. Right? He said it, we are not a violent people. And he said, it's like the police were expecting violence. They, they blocked off the roads. They, they, there was no incoming traffic because they blocked off the roads on every side. Right or wrong. But this pastor showed the love of God in a situation like this. In a situation that could have escalated. But it didn't. It did not. They were peaceful and they were prayerful. And so I want to talk about persevering, <clears throat> excuse me, persevering in the midst of persecution. And we know that all around the world things are taking place. Christians are being persecuted in, in many different ways. And, and, and I've come to learn and realize that there is, there are different levels of persecution. And I basically categorize it in, in, in two. I, have, I basically put persecution in two categories. To me, there is mild persecution. And then there is heavy persecution. And I define it as this. Mild persecution to me is persecution that doesn't really threaten your life. Yes, you might, you might be hurt, you might, you know, you may lose your job or, 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 you know. But your life is not threatened. And so I consider that mild persecution. And while it may not seem mild to some people what they are going through, if your life is not threatened, then that is not really, to me, heavy persecution. To me, heavy persecution 
is when your life is threatened. Is when you, 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 you have to flee for your life. That is heavy persecution to me. You know? And so that is how I categorize it. And there are people all over the world. There are Christians all over the world going through all sorts of persecution in their homes, on their jobs, in their communities because of their stand for Jesus Christ. Excuse me. Because of their stand for Jesus Christ. And so I want to encourage every person listening and before I continue, and before I probably forget, which I try my best not to. If you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I want to extend an invitation to you to accept him into your life. It's very quick, simple, and easy. Just say, Lord Jesus, I come to you a sinner. I repent of all of my sins. I ask of your mercy and your forgiveness. Come into my life. I give my all to you. My heart, my life, my all. Come into my life and change me and take up residence. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you said that prayer genuinely from your heart, get a King James Version Bible. Begin to read and study the Word of God. And God will lead you and guide you and direct you from there. And welcome to the body of Christ, by the way. And so we're talking about persevering in the midst of persecution and how we respond in the midst of persecution can make a big difference. It can save souls, save lives and save souls even in the midst of being persecuted. Because you see, some people don't realize that standing is a victory in itself. Standing, standing up for the right thing, standing up for the gospel of Jesus Christ is a victory in itself. So sometimes when you think you're losing the battle, you're really winning the battle. You have already won the battle. We have the victory in Jesus' name. We have the victory and we just have to stand on the word of God as we go through our situations and our circumstances. Regardless of what is said about us, towards us, regardless of what is done or what they may be trying to do, all we have to do as believers in Jesus Christ is stand on the word of God. And I'll give you one example. For, for somebody who may be the only believer in a household of maybe, let's say, more than two persons, let's put it like that, and you may be the only believer in the home, I'm going to tell you, the enemy is going to, and I heard it growing up, and I think it's only when I became an adult, or as I drew closer to adulthood, I began to realize and understand what, I, what, what I've been hearing 
in my younger years was really true. The devil always used the people closest to you. That's why you have frenemies, as we say in Trinidad. That's why you have frenemies. Because the, the devil always used the people closest to you. When you look at the people that have stabbed you in the back, that have betrayed you, a lot of the times it's not strangers. Because it has to be somebody close to you, a family member, a close friend, you know, a good co-worker or something. It's always somebody close to you. When you when you when you when you 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 hear about betrayal, right? You look at the Bible and you look at Judas Iscariot, who betrayed Jesus. He was rolling with Jesus on a daily basis. He was rolling with Jesus on a daily basis. Right? And when you look at when you look at how Jesus responded to him. When he brought, he brought, you know, the guards and the soldiers and them to arrest Jesus and everything. When Peter drew his sword, cut off the, 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 the guy's ear. And Jesus spoke to them. Spoke to Peter. And basically was telling him to, quote, you know, relax, no violence. And it says that he healed the man's ear. And if I'm not mistaken, that may have been the last um, miracle that Jesus did and the last healing that Jesus did before he went to the cross. When he healed this guy's ear that Peter had cut off because, you know, they came to arrest Jesus and everything. And look at how Judas betrayed Jesus. He betrayed him with a kiss. And so we have to be careful how we respond, how we respond to persecution, how we respond in persecution. We must always show the love of God. And yes, I understand that you're basically under pressure, but it's about standing up for God. It's about standing for a God that will definitely stand up for us. And so I want to encourage you. You might be going through your own persecution. It might be mild. It might be heavy. I want to encourage you. If you did not answer the call just now to accept Jesus Christ, you need to do so quickly. If you are already a believer of Jesus Christ, I want to encourage you to keep the faith, to hold on, God will not, God will not leave you. He said it in his word. He will never leave us nor forsake us. He will be with us when? Till the very end. And we also must stick with God till the very end. Persevere. Persevere. In the midst of persecution, in the midst of what they're saying about you, in the midst of what they're trying to do, in the midst of betrayal, 
The Bible says, love your enemies, and I am telling you, it is not easy to do. I'm not going to fool you. I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. It is not easy to love your enemies. It is not. Many times, I ask God, Lord, how did you do it? How did you do it? It is not easy. Some people only love those that love them. But we are called, as children of God, to love our enemies and this is what this pastor did as he was praying for the very officers that was shutting them down as he was praying for the very officers that came into their service to shut them down he prayed for their souls and we must pray the bible says that god does not delight in the death of the wicked he does not delight in the death of the wicked and we ought not to delight in the death of the wicked either. Regardless of what they may have done to us. Regardless of what they might be doing to us. We must be so filled with the presence of God and with the love of God. That it must show. And this is the time. This is where, this is the time where our faith is tested. In situations, in times of persecution. This is where the character of Christ comes out for everyone to see. And so we must really, really hold on to the word and let the character of Christ come forth. Let people see the Jesus in us in the midst of persecution. You know, I'll, I'll tell you this. There is a book that I read. He came to set the not he came to set the captives free. That's one as well. But prepare for war. And um, I think it really might be in he came to set the captives free. Sorry, my bad. Right? Um, both books were written by uh, Dr. Rebecca Brown. So the first one is he came to set the captives free. The second one is prepare for war. Some of you may be familiar with it. Some of you may not. In he came to set the captives free, which is the first book, she was a young doctor, a young Christian doctor, in a hospital that did not respect Jesus Christ, they, to the point that they had removed all the Bibles from the hospital. A lot of people in the hospital were Satanists, and they were collecting souls for the devil. They were people who would just, they would be stable, in a stable condition, and they would just take a turn for the worse and die, and she couldn't understand it. I just gave you a, you know, a short synopsis, and there was a head nurse who would do satanic prayers over these patients. And that is, what, that is what would cause patients in a stable condition to take a turn for the worse and just die. Right? So they were basically doing witchcraft in the, in the hospital. And she came in there as a young believer. And, you know, she started to pray and God started to reveal certain things to her. And to cut a long story short, one day she went to eat so she went to get her stuff from the cafeteria not knowing that they had put poison in her food and she ate everything she got through everything she ate drank everything and she did not die and some of them they stood in a corner watching and waiting to see her drop down and die and she did not because 
even in the Bible, it talks about, you know, you know praying and, 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 and covering your food and cleansing your food and that kind of thing. And that is what she used to do. She never took a meal without, before, without praying before and asking God to cleanse it, you know, of anything, you know, right? And that is what saved her. And this is what happened as a result. When, when some of the people saw, they knew that, she, that she, there was poison in the food. They had put poison in the food to try to kill her. And they saw that she didn't drop down and die. They came to her. And they asked because they wanted to know. They, they realized that there was a power greater than the satanic power that they had. And they wanted to know what it was. And they came to her. And they told her. That is how she found out that there was poison in the food. Because they came and they told her that they had put poison in the food. And when they saw that she did not die, you know, it got their attention. And because of her stand and because of that, some of them accepted Jesus Christ. Some of them got saved because of her stand, because of her, her walk and stand for God. And this is what happens when we stand for God. And this is the victory that takes place where people's lives are changed and people's souls are saved because of our walk with God, because of our stand for God. If you look, if you look in the Bible, I keep going back from time to time to the three Hebrew boys. When they came out of the fire on hurt, the king made a particular decree, if I remember correctly. And so, and, and it was the same thing, or a similar thing that took place with Daniel as well, when he, he came out of the lion's den. There was a greater respect for the true and living God, because they recognized that God has, had saved his people. God had saved Daniel. God had saved the three Hebrew boys. And so when we stand for God, there's a greater respect by at least some of our enemies for the absolute God, for the Alpha and the Omega. And so I want to encourage you to persevere. I pray that God would strengthen you as you go through your situation. I pray that God would give you the guidance and the direction and the wisdom and the grace and everything that you need to make it through. And as I mentioned in a previous program, many times we ask God to bring us out of a situation that we're going, going through. But before you could come out, you have to go through. Before you could exit a building, you have to go through the building. You have to go through different rooms. You have to go through wherever to get to the exit. And the going through is the journey. The exit is the destination. I'll say that again. The going through is the journey. And the exit is the destination. So right now you're in your situation. You're on your journey. You're on your way out of your situation. How long it takes you to get out of your situation? 
is dependent on us. It is dependent on how um, on, on, on how fast we learn what God wants us to learn because life is a learning experience. And the longer we stay in a situation, oftentimes it means that it's, it's either we have not learned what God is trying to teach us or there are other things that we still have to learn in this particular situation that we have not learned as yet. And so I pray that as you go through whatever you are going through today, that you would not lose hope, that you would not become hopeless, that you would not become depressed. Because depression is what, is what leads to suicide. And there is so much that God wants to do in your life. There is so much. Whatever he may have already done in your life, there is so much more. Every day that God allows us to see, it means that he is not finished with us yet. It means that there are more, that there is more, sorry, for us to do. And so I want to encourage you to hold on to Jesus, no matter what you see, no matter what you hear, no matter what you experience. Hold on to Jesus because there is nothing and no one else that you can hold on to. He is the only one that will not disappoint you. He is the only one that will not betray you. He is the only one that will not slander your name, that will not embarrass you. He is love. He is love. And he will bring you out in due time. He will bring you out. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Stay in courage. Stay strong. Stay bold. Stand for God and watch God stand for you. This is your boy JC Vibes. Until the, the next one, I'm gone. Remember, don't just exist, but be a blessing. Take care, people.